Too many people think the grass is greener somewhere else. But the grass is green where you water it. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I am your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. You can subscribe to the podcast on Facebook, YouTube, or Rumble. Feed those algorithms. Don't forget to like and share while you are here. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. If you go to wisdomworthknowing.org, it'll give you access to that gateway and a donate button if you want to donate to the show. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks instantly, completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for this limited time offer for my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org. Cancel anytime. Too many people think the grass is greener somewhere else. But the grass is green where you water it. Are you a jealous or envious person? That is the main subject of today. Jealousy and envy are very, very, very difficult to navigate. Right now in our culture, we have a uh, we have a comparison problem that I like to call, and as people become better at editing their lives and putting out alternate versions of their reality onto the internet and they get much better at this and the technology itself has gotten better at automatically editing our lives to make them appear better than they really are. I don't know if you've noticed this. Have you pulled out your iPhone lately and then recorded yourself? Have you noticed how it just automatically removes all of your flaws on your face and your blemishes and, Enhances the lighting and makes you look better than you do in reality. As these tools of enhancement become better, and as we engage with one another more via digital means rather than in-person physical means, this comparison thing becomes a bigger issue. Because our personalities become extend our digital personalities become extensions of our actual personalities and because of the nature of editing we perceive people when we consume their personalities digitally we perceive people from a lens of editing we don't see the flaws right people can re-record a video if it didn't go well we, generally, people don't pull out their camera and start recording when they're depressed or sad or lonely. <laughs> that's, I don't know about you, but I don't. that's not when I'm like, oh, sweet, I'm going to make a YouTube video right now or I'm going to make a TikTok video or whatever. I'm really miserable and unhappy right now, so I'm going to share that with the world. So we're private about the pain, suffering, and existential issues we go through, but we're public about when things are going great. That's actually... In C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity, in one of the beginning parts of the book, he talks about that, how we're never short of people to blame when things aren't going well, but as soon as something goes well, we're always the first to jump the opportunity to take credit for it. It's just, it's in our nature, right? To share and to celebrate things when they go well, and that's okay, but if we don't address the reality that that's 
the only side we're going to see of people on the internet is is when they're at their best then this comparison and envy thing is going to become a very very difficult thing for us and I'm subject to it myself. And so I do need to keep certain people and personalities at arm's length because they, they call into question my choices and my decisions because they give me a false sense of where my life is supposed to be. Because the truth is, is each one of us is a unique person, right? So we don't, our situations are not the same, not even remotely close to other people. Other people are very, every single individual is very, very unique. And not just unique genetically, but they're also unique emotionally, physically, environmentally. They grew up in a different place. They have a different education. They've interacted with different people. They have different friends. They've got different family. They've got different hobbies. They've got different interests. It goes on and on and on and on. The, think about yourself as, a, as an individual. Think about all the culmination of everything that you are. And then think about how complex and dynamic recreating, recreating an exact version of yourself would be. Be virtually impossible. That is your unique fingerprint on the world. Then if you take this on a massive scale and you think about how you are being exposed to millions of people on a regular basis, this, this comparison thing can become a real problem because... We can't fully process the complexity of every person. So we have to simplify. And then when we simplify, we overgeneralize. And then when we overgeneralize, we, we see other people the way we want to see them because it, it makes our lives easier to manage. We, we have to simplify people, places, and things because if we don't simplify them, then we will spend our entire lives trying to understand them and then we won't get anything else done. And so this is almost like a survival mechanism for us is to generalize and oversimplify other people's lives. So this is a huge trap that I think we need to watch out for because what we need to focus on is our current yard. So when we talk about too many people think the grass is greener somewhere else, as 100% crew, it's uh, true. It's only natural for us to look at other people's lives and assume that everything came easy to them. Because first of all, it's edited, right? We don't we don't really know what it took for them to get to that point. One of my favorite images is Google success and iceberg. Is you see the tip of the iceberg, and that's success and um, goals accomplished. But then at the bottom of the iceberg, it's like massive underneath the water. And it's hard work, perseverance, dedication, suffering, pain. Like there's all of these elements underneath that nobody sees that goes into accomplishing a goal. So then by the time we see somebody, we're seeing them at the tail end of years of dedication and work in most cases. But but we don't see that part. We're not shown that part. We're not shown all of the sleepless nights and tossing ourselves in in our beds and and the grieving the crying the frustration the anger the fear that's all wrapped up in that the the many failures look at sports figures they they didn't wake up one morning and then suddenly they were the greatest sports person who ever lived that's not how it works like there's this whole 
universe underneath the surface that we don't know about. So too many people think that the grass is greener somewhere else because we compare ourselves to the final results of a person who learned that the grass is green where they water it. So we want the benefits. And it's not just you. Just, just I'm throwing this out there. I do this too. We want the benefits that come with all of the hard work and perseverance and dedication with, with watering our own grass without any of the actual work involved in watering our own grass. I'm going to elaborate on that here in a moment. But first, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. Check this out. Because you listen to this show, for limited time, my listeners can get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of this free 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. Pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up for this exclusive offer for a limited time for my listeners. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to grow grass. It's not as easy as you would think. It grows back patchy. It's uneven. It grows unevenly all over the place. It's a mess. If it rains and it gets washed away in certain areas and you got to reseed it. Taking care of, of grass, especially in its initial, its, its initial germination stage in which it has to start growing, you know, just to kind of get things going. If that isn't an analogy for real life, I don't know what is. <laughs> it, it's a nightmare. And it takes a tremendous amount of time and energy and effort to get it going. But then once it plants seed, once the seed takes root and it starts to grow, the grass is actually one of the most resilient um, plants in existence. So... Once it takes root and we water it well, then it it stays consistently growing for forever unless it's ripped out. And, and then the roots intertwine and it becomes incredibly strong. So it's really a great analogy for for life, the grass, grass is greener syndrome. Because when you look at somebody else's yard, and it is a perfect yard, or seemingly perfect, you don't, they, they, their yards don't just get perfect overnight. It takes attention, time, care, dedication to make a lawn grow and look nice. And so what we want is we want all that without any of the work. And so until we've accepted the reality of life that there is nothing that will be beautiful and nothing that will take root until we water it and take care of it we will be forever chasing things that that are non-existent imagine if you took over a house that had a beautiful yard like that and you didn't have the skill and discipline necessary to take care of that yard it wouldn't take long 
for that greener grass to overgrow, start killing other plants, weeds to start propping up. And if we haven't cultivated the skill and the discipline to take care of that, then that that yard will start to look terrible. And then guess what? We'll look at the neighbors, the other neighbors. Yard. Well, you know what? That yard's nicer. Let me just abandon my yard again and take over that yard. And so this is the the fundamental trap of the greener grass syndrome is you're you're never cultivating the skill necessary to make your area green. You're trying to rob or borrow that hard work. And it may stay green for a while, but unless you sit down and dig in and learn to take care of what you have, you're never going to fully experience what it is to have a nice yard or a nice relationship or nice health or mastered skill at a job. If we're constantly chasing what appears to be the fruits of hard work, but never stopping to take roots at those things, then we will find ourselves in charge of things that we have no discipline or no ability to take care of. At some point, we need to stop. And we need to learn to take care of and properly manage the things that are in our life so that we can make sure that they are productive and fruitful. If you're in a relationship right now, are you the kind of person who abandons relationships at the first sign of a better relationship? Or a potentially better relationship? Well, you're never going to experience the benefits that come with being committed to and working on a relationship to make it better if you never start doing that. There's a deeper level there that can only be found through hard work and commitment. This is arguably why one of the reasons marriage exists is because you make a commitment to each other to continue to water that relationship and to keep and to work through when the weeds prop up or when sections of the grass die or when you go through bad weather season and it's just not getting enough water. It's a drought. You go through relational droughts. You're committing yourself to through sickness and in health. You know, that's that's the whole principle behind it. It's because there was a generation before us who fully understood that the 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 most rewarding aspects of a relationship is the relationship that survives the storms and the battles, because then that relationship becomes so solidified and, and the roots are so deep that it becomes even more difficult for the world and things outside to tear it apart. There's an entire generation before us who fully understood that, I think. And then we got wrapped up in this commitment phobia where we're like, well, it's just dumb to commit to one person. Or when things start to get bad, maybe I chose the wrong person. It's like, well, no, we became wrongheaded about what these institutions were made for. We, we, we forgot which is normal, but we forgot why these institutions existed in the first place. And heck, I'm 17 years married right now as of the making of this video, and we've gone through all kinds of seasons of droughts and um, 
jealousy and envy and anger and disappointment and unmet expectations and we still do but after 17 years i can tell you we are better at dealing with those things as they come now than we've ever been before but we either one of us at any point in time could have thrown up our hands and said you know what this is too hard because it really takes that commitment from both sides you can't make other people be committed to you so i'm very grateful that that we've been able to do that because i do know that not many people have not had that opportunity but even if you had a marriage that fell apart you still have a deep level of experience now to draw from in your next relationship if you decide to pursue one so there's value in that so don't don't think that i'm judging you because i realize how complex and rare how complex relationships are it's the same thing with our job. Are, are we constantly jumping from job to job because we are starting to experience a little bit of drought in our jobs or unhappiness in our jobs? And we're like, you know what? I'm, I'm bored and unhappy. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to change jobs. And then 10, 15, 20 years down the line, you've never really taken root and committed to a job enough to master it. And, and you're not collecting the fruits of that labor, the relationships you've developed with customers, the relationships you've developed, developed with coworkers, with these deep-seated, experience-based, hard um, relationships. Maybe your company's going through a hardship or a season or a drought right now in which you have to make sacrifices in the short term, and you're willing to do that for the company. There's, there's a reward in that, in sticking with something. And committing to it. I've been with the same company, and it's a family-owned business, but I've been with the same company for about, about 20 years. Yes, there's a boring and drudgingness that comes with that, where you feel like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, and, and there's the mundaneness to it, but there's also the mastery of it. That's part of the reason it's boring, because you've kind of mastered all the, the, the components that come with the job. And one of the rewarding aspects of that mastery is, is that you get to engage with customers and people who appreciate, who learn to appreciate and value your mastery of it. They're like, like they'll ask, like, how do you know so much about this? Like, well, if you show up at the same place every day and you spend eight hours a day doing it, <laughs> you take it somewhat seriously, and you do that for 20 years, then yeah, naturally, after about 20 years, you will have seen most things that you're going to encounter. But we do have to we have to get over this greener grass thing. Now I'm not saying you don't consider career changes, but what I'm saying is is you you take those or relational changes is you what you need to do is make sure you take those changes seriously and you know that the problems you're dealing with are root level problems. You're not just looking over at a different job and saying, you know what, it would be easier if I just had that job. I mean, that's a lie. Every job has setbacks and drawbacks and pain and suffering. Or if you look over and you're like, you know what, if I just had that person, my, my life would be easier because they seem to they seem to match my relationship personality type better. Well, no, that's not true. After a few months, you're going to get in fights. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be strife. There is no escaping the necessity of stewardships at some point in whatever it is you pursue. So w when you do uproot 
and change something about your life, the best thing you can do is to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. To really sit down, write out, think out, talk out, confide in a friend, and make sure that the reasons for doing it are so that you can plant yourself in an area in which you will grow the most. I mean, if you're in a job in which you've peaked and there's nowhere else you can go, then that's an understandable reason to consider taking what you've learned, uprooting it, and planting it somewhere else where perhaps there's more potential for growth. If you're just going through a hard time at your job right now because there's a temporary setback at work, well, that's a terrible reason to uproot your entire life and plant it somewhere else. Or just because things seem seemingly better at other places. So we just need to take these decisions seriously and realize that not everything is as good as it seems. We romanticize things in our heads. So especially if here's one thing that's particularly challenging about relationships is, is when you see other people who seem to be doing well and you are currently in a desert. Or you're currently going through a fight. Or you're currently at each other's throats over the, the most ridiculously inane and stupid things. And then you see other people who are potential relationship candidates or other people who are in relationships and things seem to be going so well for them. It is incredibly difficult when you're in that position to remember that, you know, if, if we work at this, we can get through it. And we'll be stronger for it. It's incredibly difficult to have that mindset. Especially when you're in the thick of it. And it doesn't seem like it's going to ever end. And then you get caught up in questions like, is this going to be this way for the rest of my life? Is it always going to be this hard? And you let that anxiety and fear kind of slip in. I get it. Relationships are hard. They are definitely, definitely hard. And they can bring out the worst in us, the ugliest in us. And it is very easy just to look at other people's lives and go, man, if I just had what they had, if I looked the way they looked, if I had the money they had, if I had the house they had, had the car they had, had the job they had, my life would be so much better. When you strip away the veneer and you talk to that person, they probably say the same thing five times a day about something else in their lives. This comparison thing is a trap, especially when we live in such an edited culture in which people only share the best versions of themselves all the time. It's very hard to find something real. So we need to be careful. We can't just abandon our commitments at the first sign of danger, the first sign of trouble. Those, those, that danger and that trouble is a calling for a deeper level of intimacy with whatever it is. You want to have a nicer home? Take care of the home you got. Make it as beautiful as it can possibly be. You want to have a nicer relationship? Take care of your relationship. Put in the work. You want to have a nice job? You want to be great at your job? You're at entry-level position. You're cleaning floors. Make those floors the cleanest floors they've, they've ever seen. 
Volunteer yourself for every job that nobody else wants to do. And do it well. Do it better than anybody else would. If we stop to take the time to do things well, we will not have time for anything else. We will be too wrapped up and too consumed with the amount of work that needs to be done for something to be done well that we won't we will no longer be obsessed with how other people's lives are going because there's just too much work in our lives to be done the older i get the more i realize this is the appropriate way of approaching things and and jordan peterson was one of the people who helped me really fully understand and grasp that concept of learning to clean your own room clean your room seriously start with a room clean it take care of it then when your room is clean and your room's in order, clean your house. And then when your house is clean and your house is in order, clean the outside of your house. And then when that's in order, then you can start focusing on things outside of that. And do the same thing at your job. Clean your desk. And then once that's done, clean out your inbox. And then once that's done, look for other areas around your desk and in your office where people need help that, that need worked on. What's going to happen is as you slowly expand that scope, you are going to run out of time very quickly because taking care of things well takes a tremendous amount of time, energy, and effort. And the reason I love his his approach to that, to cleaning your room, is because it forces you to, first of all, focus on something you have control over because we do have control over our rooms. So it forces us to look at what's right in front of us. And it's something we, we can take full ownership of. Because too many of us, and myself included, get wrapped up and focused on things that are outside of our scope of responsibility. And we have no control over them. And then we allow those things to occupy all of our time and energy. And that stunts our growth. So yeah, I think that's what I wanted to say on this subject. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. Thank you for giving me a shot today. I hope you got something valuable out of this. Don't forget to feed the algorithms and like, share, and subscribe on your favorite social network. We are on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. That helps the show grow. You can also go to wisdomworthknowing.org and donate or subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also listen to the show right on wisdomworthknowing.org. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org to take advantage of the free 30-day trial. You can cancel any time. So until tomorrow, remember, too many people think the grass is greener somewhere else. But the grass is green where you water it. So let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today because that's all we can do. Have a great day. I will see you all tomorrow.